Hey, Lions fans, it's Michael Gray back from a little bit of a summer hiatus. Hopefully you've been out there, you know, touching grass or water, trees, I don't know, whatever it is you're doing with your summer and enjoying some time off. It's almost time to get into training camp, and that provides us an opportunity for Off-Season Chronicles Volume 2. Want to talk about what it means to connect to Detroit, what the future might look like for this team, not just now, but in the next year, two, three to come, according to some of the experts. Got another addition to the enemies list, and even a peek at the training camp battle that I myself personally, just me talking, am looking forward to most. Let's get into it. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Before I get started, please rate, review, subscribe, do the hearts and the clicks and the thumbsy upsies. That's how we get to do what we do. Uh, season's almost here, and I know Chris and Jeff and Ash and the rest of the crew at DLP are working their asses off uh, trying to get ready for the regular season to bring you all the best Lions content possible. Well, completely free of charge, just need to clicky-clicky. That's all we're looking for, so please uh, take a minute and do that. I want to start with what it means to connect to Detroit. If you missed the live show with Chris and Jeff, uh, the most recent one, I suggest you go back and listen to it because they had a long conversation that tugged at my heartstrings as a native Detroiter and a kid who grew up really attached to a handful of those teams and a handful of those players. What it means to really to just make that connection with Motown. Uh, they talked about Chris Spielman. They talked about the going to work piston. I would say the bad boys. Probably the team for me that connected with Detroit better than any team in my lifetime, as far as embodying what a city was about at a time in history, uh, it was the perfect mesh with th- that team and that city in that moment. Uh, they even went, Chris went so far as to truly hit me where I live when he brought up number 16. I say that because I don't have a lot of sports memorabilia, but I do have one prized possession. It's this guy here, right there. My favorite Red Wing. That's That was my dude. Chris brought him up there. The Believe Patch. You Red Wings fans from the 90s will remember that one. That was my guy. Vladdy Konstantinov embodied everything that the city of Detroit wanted to be about. And I thought it was interesting when Brad Holmes recently sat down with Peter Schrager and had a long talk, but for an NFL GM, a very long talk about all kinds of things, very little of which had to do with football, most of which had to do with who he was and how he survived his car crash that ended his football career and how he went from thinking he would have a career in pro sports to working at a rental car company and then taking an internship and quite frankly, doing some work that was below him, but never approaching it that way. Real bootstrap stuff, the the real stuff that I think resonates with a city like Detroit, that resonates with a blue-collar town, that resonates with people in that city. It was a really, really good conversation. And I give Peter credit for being one of the handful of guys in the national media with a genuine sense of curiosity. He does his research. He asks interesting questions. He interrupts his guests too much. But he actually listens. When they give him a nugget, something he didn't expect, something he didn't see coming, he follows that. And it was a really interesting conversation. I found myself completely sucked into it because there was a lot of it 
in there that, quite frankly, I just didn't know. Dan Campbell is a guy that obviously is the figurehead. He's on the marquee for being the Detroit guy, MCDC, and the all of the caffeine and the chaw and the kneecaps and all of that stuff. But Brad Holmes is the type of guy that Detroit absolutely can embrace as a human being. Just a personal belief. I think who you are dictates what you are. Brad Holmes is built of the right stuff and is got the kind of personality and background and determination and work ethic that is going to resonate with fans. He's really, really easy to cheer for. And it's also easy to see how it is that he's turned this thing around from the general manager's position in the short amount of time that he has, because the guy doesn't stop working. He's constantly kicking tires and looking around corners, trying to figure out how he can make this thing better. He actually said in the interview with Peter Schrager, that people would assume the regular season is when he's at his most frantic, and it's just not like that. Things get very regimented and very systematic during the regular season. It's the rest of the calendar when everybody assumes that if you're in the NFL, you have that time off, that he's doing most of his work. And it's really, really easy to understand how he's done this and why it is the people of Detroit can embrace it, why Detroit Lions fans can get into this team because the people involved are as relatable and likable as any that I've seen come through with those big teams and those championship efforts that we've seen as Detroit sports fans. I mean, I'm old. I'm an old man. I go all the way back to the Bless You Boys. Lance Parrish was my guy. And that was a group of guys led by Sparky Anderson that the city had a real connection to. These Lions are building that kind of connection to the city, and it goes beyond just the players and coaches. It goes all the way up to the general manager's office. It's a really good interview. I highly suggest you take some time and check it out. Now, this is the Offseason Chronicles. We can get crazy with the cheese wits. Everybody's going to be talking about what's coming up for 2023, and Lord knows I'm going to do that too. But we don't have to stop there because training camp hasn't technically begun, and so we can go further. We can talk about the next three years. That's exactly what ESPN did this week when they published an article charting the three-year future for every NFL franchise. Hold on to your butts, folks. The Lions are 11th on that list, scoring an 82, which makes them very good in the eyes of even the ESPN folks that, let's be honest, probably aren't technically paying a ton of attention to your Detroit Lions, at least not historically. They might be paying a little more attention this year, but they've got this franchise headed in the right direction. Going back to that work that I was mentioning that Brad Holmes has done, all of the things you already know about the draft picks, Everything you know about this coaching staff and the way they're building moving forward, the experts are paying attention and they tend to think that this team is headed in the right direction, not just this season, but moving forward. A strong base for this franchise could equal many years of good winning football. So unless you're the most SOList of fans, even you, yes, you, SOL guy, have to acknowledge that this thing's headed in a pretty neat direction. For the first time, maybe ever, because even back with those teams that occasionally contended in my lifetime, there was never an anticipation that it was anything more than that moment and that the Lions were ever poised for sustained success because they knew what the hell they were doing from the top down. And that sure looks to be the case right now. Now then, in the more immediate future, there is training camp. And I am looking forward to one particular position battle more than all the others. And it's in that linebacker room. 
There are a couple of reasons for that. One, I think that the defense is pretty set as far as depth and talent on the other two units. The defensive line is established, and while there could be additions there at some point at defensive tackle, I think you kind of know that you have the bodies that it's going to take to contend. You've got guys coming into their second year in Aiden Hutchinson in Houston that you expect contributions from. Aleem is coming into his third year. You feel pretty good about that. You've got a lot to like on the defensive line. In the secondary, obviously, that that is my nominee for the most improved unit in the entire league. I don't think you could say enough about how bad that secondary was, how talent-starved it's been. And now when you look at it, what they've got in depth from the veterans, from the first, second, third-year guys, from that rookie class, all throughout the secondary, cornerback, all the way through the safety positions, whatever alignments they want to run, four-man, five-man, they have the people to do it. They have established depth. They've got real talent in that secondary. Linebacker core, and this is a conversation that I've had with Jeff Brisden on a number of occasions, it's pretty thin. Really, really thin. Now, he and I have talked about whether or not Aaron Glenn necessarily wanted to go to a four-two-five schematically because he believed that was the way to go or because he didn't have three linebackers he could put on the field at the same time. There were points last year where the Lions were struggling to find two guys that could competently play the position at the same time. And then you come into this season and you're hearing all kinds of things about Derek Barnes, Malcolm Rodriguez coming into his second year. Obviously, Jack Campbell, according to Pro Football Focus, was overdrafted by 17 rounds and about 4,702 picks. Uh, they took a first round off all linebacker. You're not allowed to do that. But they did it anyway. And then they signed Alex Anzalone. And then they bring back Germ. And now you've got some real heat in that linebacker room. You go from maybe not having two guys you could get on the field to having up to four, depending on your sub packages and how you want to run things. What you're going to do on rundowns is going to look very interesting. I'm really, really looking forward to how this battle works itself out. Obviously, like everybody else, I want to see the rookie. I really want to see what Derek Barnes is all about because, and this is the second reason that I'm looking forward to the linebacker battle the most, my favorite coach on this team is Kelvin Shepard. I love this guy. I love the way that he talks to the players. We got to see it in Hard Knocks, that everything you see at the podium is actually what's going on in those meeting rooms. I love how he talks to the players. I like how he talks to the fans. I like how he talks to the press. He's a true reflection of this entire coaching staff insofar as he just tells you what's what. You know, I went back and looked through the podium time he had in 2022. And when he was asked about Malcolm Rodriguez and all of the hype he was getting on Hard Knocks, let's not forget where Malcolm Rodriguez went. He was the star at one point for that TV series as everybody got introduced to this team. So this is a kid who was drafted in the sixth round and hasn't played a down in a regular season game. That was his quote. Let's pump the brakes on that. When he was asked about Derek Barnes, he said, all of his issues are above the neck. That was last year on Derek Barnes. Well, how did it play itself out? He went to the linebacker room and he pleaded with them to not make him put a sixth round draft pick on the field. Because again, going back to his quotes, he had doubts about whether or not a guy who's 5'10", 5'11", would find a way to deal with six foot five offensive linemen in the league. He was shooting his straight the entire way. So when he comes out this year and he says, the competition is better, the guys have bought in, said that Derek Barnes has gone from being a boy into a man, that he's taking command of the defense, that he can finally flex his athleticism, which he's always had because that above the neck portion that was missing last year 
has finally taken root, you've got reason to be excited. Malcolm played above his level. I think by the end of the season, you started to see some deficiencies in his game as offensive coordinators got savvy to what he could do. Derek Barnes is an athletic weapon. Jack Campbell needs to be a star. Alex Anzalone can be the coach on the field. You got a lot to like in that linebacking room and a lot to like in terms of improvement over last year. I'm looking forward to it. I really do. I like him as a coach. I like the way he's approached this unit, given what he's had, because as much as I've talked about Aaron Glenn not having enough talent to really be expected to field a competent defense, that linebacker room has been lacking, and now it's not. So you marry some talent and some guys that are emerging into the defense with a coach that I think is outstanding, and there's a lot to be excited about in there, and I'm looking forward to how that thing turns out. And finally, wrap things up here with the latest addition to The The Enemies List. list. You've already seen on The Enemies List lame-ass press questions. Some of those guilty parties have continued to do that despite being warned. The Carolina Panthers, because that was the worst game that I remember from last year. That was when, that was the day that hope died. Because they not only lost the game they had to win, but they got ran all over. And now the latest entry the injury list, specifically with that offensive line. Now, I will regard the offensive line as a theory until further notice because I have been guilty for the last three years of getting sucked into the idea that the Lions have one of the best starting five units in football. Now, the reason that's a theory, because those five guys don't start many games together. It hasn't been their fault. It's the injury list. And that is going to be a key along that offensive line. Big V being back. Can Glasgow give you anything as a backup? Potentially, if things get sideways, you got to keep Panay Sewell and Decker healthy on the edges. Frank Ragnall Zombito is ever-present. By the way, Frank Ragnall Zombito, excellent name for a punk band. Feel free to use it. You don't even have to credit me on that one. But uh, that offensive line has got to stay healthy for everything else to work. So I'm putting the injury list on the on the enemies list because we've got to see those five guys out there doing what they do at the best of their abilities if this team is going to achieve everything that it can in 2023 because everything it can achieve is pretty special. That's it for me, man. Uh, once again, rate, review, subscribe, like, thumbs up, all of that stuff. Uh, please do that. That's how we get to do what we do. And if you're so inclined, come on out to the training camp party. Get more information on that at DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Hopefully you're enjoying your summer. Training camp is right around the corner. It's time to get excited. See you next time. Let's bring it in here together. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. You've had enough of that shit.